Hey group, Ken Holden here, Signature Selling. Welcome to episode three, the architecture of an opportunity. What does it look like? I hope everybody is doing well. So let's get right into it. What is the architecture of an opportunity? It's so important to define what that is. So if you can think of like a big outside circle and a little middle inside circle, the center of all of this is the customer. So episode two, we talked about operating in the best interest of the customer, which is the foundation of all selling. So what is an opportunity? An opportunity, most of us think of it as a chance to make money. And I understand that, but that's not the correct mindset. If you're gonna be long-term successful in sales, we have to understand that an opportunity is a product or service that's gonna make a very big difference in someone's life, especially now we're talking about not selling candy, not against candy. You know, my wife loves sees candy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something of value, something really expensive or both long-term contract or a big thing. So an opportunity is a product or service that's gonna make a significant difference in the lives of people. So that's number one. Number two, it's gonna benefit someone. There's a benefit for a person in making the purchase. It's gonna make a major difference for them. And number three is, of course, it benefits us. So obviously you're not in sales just to help people, but that has to be the motivation and drive because that's your motivation and drive, you're going to succeed. So defining an opportunity, once again, in really simple terms, it's you have a product or a service, it's gonna be of a benefit to a person in their lives. It's gonna make a difference in their lives and potentially a major difference in their lives. Hopefully that will be the situation. And number three, it's gonna benefit you financially because you actually get to sell the service. But the customer, not just a sale, we think in terms of business terminology, sales, service, customers, but a customer is a person who makes a purchase from our company, right? Of course, I know we all know that, but I'm trying to put the emphasis back on the person and a sale is how many people did you help that week? Not how many sales did you make? How many people did you help? How many people did you make a difference for? Not how many, how much service did you do, but what people did you serve? What problems did you solve that made it better for customers? Everything has got to be filtered through the person and not through a process. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get into the outside circle. So the centerpiece is defining what the opportunity is, is really at the end of the day, helping people with uh, something really important and significant for them. So what is the number one piece on the outside circle to measure a real opportunity? It is a top quartile product or service, something that has competitive edges, something that's going to make a major difference, something that you believe in yourself, something that you use yourself. For example, I drive a Jeep Wrangler. I have no trouble selling a Jeep Wrangler because I am a product evangelist for Jeep Wranglers. Why? Because I love Jeep Wranglers. I like how they look. I like how they drive. I like almost everything about them, and so I talk about it when I'm with friends. What do you drive? I drive this. I like driving. I talk about it everywhere you go. You know from episode one, I like Apple products. I'm an evangelist. I talk about it everywhere that I go. I, I spread the word about Apple products. And so so it's something I believe in. Could I work there for at Apple and make sales? You betcha. I could work there because I believe in the product. But more importantly, I use it myself. And so the, the most important thing in selling is a top quartile product or service. Most people, the first thing they go for is compensation. And that is all 
always the wrong thing to go for is compensation because it doesn't matter what they pay you. If they pay you a million dollars a sale, but you can't make a sale, it doesn't matter. One million dollars times zero is zero. So compensation is important. We're coming up to that, but it's way down the list. So before you measure an opportunity, don't think finances. Ask yourself the question, what is the product or service? Is it top quartile? Has it got competitive edges? Does it resonate in the marketplace? It's a reason why, by the way, multi-level opportunities often fail for people is because they're selling the opportunity, not the products and services. So, you know, if you're going to be an MLM person, if you're going to be in that business model, I am not in that model, but if you're in that model, you have to, first of all, use the products and services yourself, even if you never ever, ever recruited someone in to become a seller in that business, do you use the product and service? What difference does it make for you? Do you have water cooler conversations about it? Do you talk about it at barbecues? Are you excited to share it with your friends because of the difference it is going to make in their lives? So that is the driving question. If it's something you use and something you believe in, and it's a top quartile product or service. It's not bottom quartile. It's not average. It's not middle. It's in the top 25% of products and services, has unique edges. You can now sell that product. That is the most important element of measuring an opportunity is, is it a top quartile product or service? Do you use it? And would you actively talk about it to other people, even if you didn't work for the company? Number two is what is the support structure of the organization? Many people join an organization, they get basic training, and then they're put out on their own, and they have to invent everything themselves, do everything themselves. And that's why a lot of people fail, because they're sitting there in their office. Who do I call? Who do I phone? What do I do? And, you know, 90% of the population are not natural prospectors. They don't know how to do it. They don't want to drive their friends crazy, even if they believe in the product and service. They just don't want to be pushing something on their friends. And so it's really important to understand what is the support structure of the organization? Are they going to support you? After basic training, is there ongoing support? Is there on-demand support? Are people available after hours? Can you quickly text someone in the middle of a sale or make a phone call or pop into a Zoom call to get training? Do they have on-demand video training? Do they have on-demand audio training, such as a podcast? Do they have an internal podcast where they're constantly feeding ideas and nurturing you? So support structure is really important. So if you join an opportunity, it's a great product, but they don't have a great support culture and not a great lot of support, this is probably not a great opportunity. Number three, do they have a distribution mechanism? The business that I currently have right now and operate has a distribution mechanism. What specifically is that? They have partnerships with outside partners who actually, through those partnerships, generate leads for salespeople to call. This is extremely valuable and important because it's the number one thing everybody goes into sales is how do I find someone to sell to? How do I prospect? So if you have a company that has a distribution mechanism where they're able to generate leads for you to call, you might have to pay for those leads or whatever the case might be. The point is, do they have a lead partnership or do they have a method of generating leads so that you can actually go out and make sale? This distribution mechanism is super important because it means you can get your basic training and out of the gate, go out and make an instant full-time income, provided you're successful at doing it. You follow all the training, you do everything you're supposed to do. So this is the third most important thing after the support structure here is making sure that they have a distribution mechanism. If they do, your probability of success is going to explode to a different level. 
Number four is kind of like number two. Do they have ongoing training? Is it just the basic training and you're done? Or do they have scheduled training? Do they have weekly training? Do they have biweekly training? Do they have bimonthly training? Do they not do any training? Is there a commitment from the organization to make sure that you receive ongoing training so that you can continue to get better at what you do and make more sales? Of course, the next one up on deck here is super important. It's community and the culture of the organization. And so a lot of direct sellers, especially since the pandemic, are distributed everywhere, isolated by themselves. Now, for some people, they're totally fine with that. They don't need that connection. They go out, they do what they should do, and they just don't need it, and they flourish. But there's a lot of people who need that connection. So what is the community like? Is it easy to become part of the community? Do they welcome you in? Is there an online digital Zoom community? Are are there people that you can connect with, maybe go for coffee, who live nearby? One of the nuances of the modern sales world now is that because sales reps are distributed, and in my business, they're distributed right now over about 15 to 20 hours. So getting everybody together is nearly impossible. But are, are there people who live close by? Can you go for coffees? Are there on you know morning Zoom connects where you can get up and go in and catch up, just like you do at the office? Before the pandemic, you go in, go to the water cooler, go to the coffee, go to the cafeteria, grab a drink, a beverage, say, hey, how's it going? Does that culture exist at the organization? That's extremely important, especially for people who don't like to be isolated. The next one on deck here, number six, is online reputation. One of the things about the modern business age is the internet, social media, etc. If you're with a known brand, I live in Canada. If you work for a chartered bank, you got nothing to worry about. Even if there's online negative media, they will still deal with that institution because of what that institution is and how people know it. If you have an unknown brand and an unknown product, then online reputation becomes crucially important because when people don't know something or they hear something new, the first thing they do is take out their phone and Google and research that company. If the online reputation is not good, it's going to seriously hinder your salespeople and companies should be all over making sure online reputation is properly taken care of. So when you're selling today, you have this other thing out there that's kind of sitting out there that can affect your sales that didn't exist in traditional selling. The next one on deck here is how long is the sales cycle? So, you know, if you're in real estate, it's a longer sales cycle. If you're in life insurance, it can be a short or very long sales cycle. If you're in RESP sales, depending on who you're selling for, it could be a, a seven-day turnaround. My preference is every seven days. It allows you to create continuity in your cash flow. It takes a little bit of the uncertainty out of being self-employed and being on commission. So it's important when you're looking at an opportunity, what is the pay cycle? How often are you paid? So if you make a sale on Monday, are you paid in a month? Are you paid in a quarter? Are you paid once a year? Or are you paid every seven days? Are you paid the same day? So the cycle in which you make a sale and which you get paid is crucially important. So that's another key factor in measuring an opportunity. And of course, now we come up to the really important subject everybody wants to get to is compensation. So if you have all these other things, or at least most of them, so you have a top quartile product, a support structure, on-demand training, you have a great community, you have a distribution mechanism, you have a good online reputation, now compensation, of course, is a very important 
subject. And so you got to make sure you check out the compensation. But before you ever get there, make sure that most of those other things are mostly intact because it doesn't matter what the compensation is if most of these things are not intact. So if they're not intact, the comp almost doesn't matter. So I'm not saying the compensation is not important. It just shouldn't be the first question you ask. For me, if I'm selling, the first thing I want to know is can I sell it? If the answer is yes, then I know I can make money no matter what the compensation is, as long as it's reasonable. And most organizations have to be reasonable if they expect to attract salespeople. So for me, do I is it a top quartile product or service? Do I believe in it? Do I use it myself? If it's something, of course, I can use. Do I use it myself? Do I talk about it to other people? Is it something I'm excited about? Because if it is, that's more important than anything else in the equation. But compensation matters, and it's important to check that out. But that should be towards the bottom of your list, not the top of your list, because it doesn't matter what you're paid if you can't sell it. And that's a key point. And the last point I want to bring up here is, does the company have a digital footprint. We are living in the digital age, whether people like it or not, that's where the world is going. Some people are going to go fast. Others are going to go slow. I've embraced it 100% because I am a very digitally oriented individual. I love technology. I'm an early adopter. I'm part of betas. Is your company or is this opportunity you have, are they embracing a digital future? Are they running to the digital future? Are they looking at tomorrow's technology to bring it into today? Are they equipping you with the best technologies? Because now everything's done over Zoom, over video meetings, it's done electronically. Everything has changed. Are they investing in digital infrastructure, not just physical infrastructure, but digital infrastructure to give you better opportunities to do that? So we've covered off, uh, there are other things, but we've covered off the main things you need to know to measure an opportunity. Number one, the in the very middle of all of this is the customer. How many people did you help this week? How many problems did you solve for people this week? The customer is a person who buys the product. Of course, we all know that, but it's important to keep focused. This is about people, not sales. When you make it about people and you're out to help people and you have a product or service that you are passionate about, you're going to make sales because you're going to be out helping people. And so, of course, that's central. But then the top quartile product or service, I can't overemphasize just how important that is. Keep in mind, you don't have to have all of these to have a viable opportunity. If you have all of these, you have an amazing opportunity on your hands. Realistically, no one company is probably going to have all of this down pat. So you can't look for everything, but this is a template for you to scope out an opportunity to see if it's going to work. Now, if you have a company and you're missing a lot of these components, reach out to me. My email is right there on just under the YouTube video. You can find it on my Transistor site. It's there as well with the audio podcast. It's very easy to get a hold of. You can email me, and I'd be happy to find ways to help you. Next week, we're going to be talking about reasons why people fail at being self-employed. I'm probably going to isolate out two or three of the major drivers. If you are self-employed right now and you are struggling, I'm going to identify probably the two or three leading causes why people fail at being self-employed. So it's going to be an exciting one. Hopefully I can articulate what you can do about it. Uh, maybe some of the things I'm going to share you may not like, but it's important to know the truth because the truth will set you free. So next week on deck, is the major reasons why people fail at being self-employed. If you enjoyed this today, I would love for you to subscribe. Of course, you can uh, tap the bell and you'll get notified through YouTube or your audio podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you again next week.